0: Good morning, church. Sorry, let me just organize this. God is good, amen. (laughs) Now, today, like always, I want to preach on something that we all struggle with. Amen. (laughs) I'll start off with a question, okay? Have you ever wondered what role you played in God's kingdom? Of course, right? Like you see other people and hear these amazing stories, people who prophesy or work in signs and wonders, you know, leading other people to the Lord, um, doing all these honorable things for God's kingdom. And you sort of wonder where you stand, and what God's call on your life is. You wonder what's your special purpose, right? Maybe you felt like you weren't as useful to God, like you didn't hear his, his you didn't hear his voice like other people, or he didn't reveal things to you like he has for other people, right? Now, I know personally that I've felt like that, and sometimes I still feel like I'm not doing enough, right? See, the first time I preached was only last year. Now, before that, I never saw myself as a preacher, right? I would come here, I would sit and listen to the word, and I would be blessed. But I didn't really have any idea of what God's call was on my life, Okay? The first time Pastor John asked me to preach, I was like, whoa, 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 hey, I don't know about that. You know, I would do other things like help um, with communion or Sunday school. But when it came to preaching, I was like a big thing, right? You Stand up here in front of the church. You teach the word of God and you're responsible for making sure that what you're saying is biblical and that it makes sense, right? So I always thought that was for people who had like a deeper knowledge of the word. You know, they've gone to Bible college. They're really mature in their Christian walk. You know, I used to sit there and I'd look at preachers and think, okay, that's their thing. But, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what my thing is. And, um, you know, we'll get there. You know, but as I began preaching, I began learning more and more of God's word you know more than I ever have when you're put in like these positions you're sort of forced to grow but still I feel like I have a long way to go right maybe you've watched other people do things and you felt like that too comparing yourself now if this is something you have struggled with or if you're feeling like that now then praise the Lord because his word teaches us about it, and we're going to go through it today. Amen. Now, if you would like to turn to the book of 2 Timothy. Here, all the Bibles are like the sound. Now, if you're not too familiar with this book, it was written by Paul. And a lot of theologians believe this was the last book Paul wrote. In the book he explains that he's nearing the end of his life he could see that death was approaching okay now to give you some context paul was in prison for preaching the gospel the roman emperor at the time blamed christians for the burning of rome so he was persecuting and executing christians now paul could see that he didn't have much time left to live from here a lot of the people that he started off with abandoned him. So he sends this letter to Timothy, who he regarded as his own son in Christ. Now, I'm sure you can imagine things aren't looking so good, right? Paul, one of the main leaders of Christianity, has been imprisoned and he's facing death. Okay? A lot of other Christians are being persecuted and abandoning the faith. On top of all of that, There's another group, other people who are spreading false teachings about Christianity. We begin to get this idea of the state of Christianity at that time, okay? Now, as a follower of Christ and someone who had a close relationship with Paul, I'm sure Timothy would have been really discouraged, right? Overwhelmed, saddened to hear that his father in Christ was facing death. So Paul writes this letter to encourage him. The guy in prison that's facing death is encouraging him. So if we look in 2 Timothy verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 19, with all these crazy things happening, Paul says this. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Hmm. Basically he's saying, regardless of all the things that's happening to Christianity, the truth still remains. That the Lord knows who are his. The people who claim to be his, his followers, they must make an effort to turn away from wickedness. Right? He says that's God's solid foundation. It continues in verse 20 and he gives us an analogy. Okay, it says, In a large house there are articles, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. I know the New King James Version says um, dishonour, dishonourable, right? Now, in the translation, it's just sort of translated to like ordinary, just ordinary use. So the New um, Living Translation says for common use, and I think that's really important here. I want you to think of it this way. There's a nice house. Inside they have these nice fine plates, right? All these cups, dining set that's used for serving guests but they also have paper plates and paper cups that they use more often. Now the paper plates are good, they're useful, right? Because you don't have to worry about doing dishes after you eat. I'm sure a lot of the younger guys would like the paper cups and paper plates, right? When I was younger, I used to complain to mom, I would say, can we get a dishwasher? She would look at me and say, we do have a dishwasher. (laughs) It was me. (laughs) I was a dishwasher. (sighs) But we get this idea that even though these items are common, they still have use, right? But on those special occasions, you know, the special guests come over, that's when you break out the nice, fine dining set, you know, the fine china. You know, my mom, another story. She recently bought this uh, dining set from Ikea, right? She was doing some redecorating in the house. Now, this set was just sitting in the box for a long time, okay? And um, whenever any of us wanted to use a plate or something, she would say, hey, don't touch the new dining set. <laughs> it's just sitting in the box, like, come on, man. <laughs> Now, I'm not sure if you can relate to that, but we can see that these are special items which serve a special purpose, right? Now, in this scripture, Paul is using an analogy here. And the house he's talking about is God's house. Okay. And the items in his house are us, Christians in the family of God. Now, in God's house, there are all sorts of different Christians. We're all at different stages in our walk, right? Some of us have matured in our faith. We understand the fullness which God's called us to, right? Some of us work in amazing signs and wonders, seeing healing and miracles like it's an everyday thing, right? Being able to just follow the spirit and act on God's will and just serve his kingdom. Paul is saying these people are like gold and silver instruments and are used for special honouring purposes. In contrast, some of us are still figuring things out. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And even though we're not moving in these miracles and doing these things, we're still serving God and being useful in our own way, right? Now, Paul compared this to wood and clay, still useful in their own way and have a more common purpose in serving God. Now, after hearing this, where do you think you stand? Maybe you feel like the special objects doing the special work of God. But I would say that the majority of Christians in the world relate more to the common items. All right. Me, myself, I feel like I relate more to the common items. Like even though I'm serving God, being of use to him in my own way, I still feel like there's more, you know. He caused his followers to do more on this earth. And I often feel like I don't match up to that, the crazy stories that we hear. I don't see myself on that level. I'm not sure if you feel the same in that sense, but Paul elaborates more in the next verse. explains what needs to be done in verse 21 it says those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made holy useful to the master and prepared to do any good work you see from this we begin to see that common items can be made holy and transformed right into instruments for special purposes No matter how common you might feel, we are all given an equal opportunity to become a special instrument for a special purpose. We all have the ability to do extraordinary and amazing things, right? To serve God on another level. All the signs and wonders that we read about and hear about, we have the opportunity to step into that, okay? But how do we obtain that? It says, we must cleanse ourselves. Hmm. In verse 19, Paul says, we must turn away from wickedness. This is what he's talking about. Now, you might say, wait a minute, Luke. How do we cleanse ourselves? The Bible says we are only cleansed by the work of Jesus on the cross. I thought we only become cleansed by his death and sacrifice. Now, if that's what you think, then you're absolutely right. (laughs) What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now, Jesus died in our place, right? The sacrifice he made is what makes us pure and righteous in the eyes of God. From the moment we accept Christ, we are covered by him and we are now acceptable in the eyes of God. What I'm talking about refers to our lives before Christ and shouldn't be confused with what Paul is talking about. What Paul is saying relates to New Testament believers and how we should carry ourselves after receiving Christ. He says that as we have, he's saying that, As we have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, we are called to cleanse ourselves from sin in this ongoing process. To regularly separate ourselves, you know, from sinful behavior, from sinful patterns or sinful associations we have with other people, right? The New Testament emphasizes this as an important part of being a believer. In 1 John verse 3 it says... And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. 1 Thessalonians verse 4. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. 1 Peter verse 1 says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. We see these instructions to pursue holiness, right? Throughout the New Testament. And there's a reason why holiness is emphasized so much. You see, there are people doing these amazing things. They're useful tools to the Master, right? And for the expansion of his kingdom. These people are so important. But you have to understand, they didn't just wake up one day. In the fullness and power of God, right? They had to go through this cleansing process. Making the conscious effort to turn away from sin and wickedness. To seek the Lord and live in a life in pursuit of holiness and purity. You see, this passage tells us that the degree to which we serve God's kingdom depends heavily on ourselves and the reason we're not walking in these miracles is because there's areas of sin in our lives that is holding us back see god doesn't love us any less when we stumble and fall into sin okay we were already the price was already paid by jesus but when we do stumble it hinders us from stepping into the fullness You know, the potential that we're called for. To do extraordinary things for God and the expansion of his kingdom. How can we be filled with the Holy Spirit and the things of God if we're also living in sin? I want you to imagine a person who keeps falling into sin in a particular area of their lives where they repent, They confess their sins to God, they are forgiven, they're made righteous. And as they start moving forward, they fall again. Then they repent again. They find themselves struggling to move on because of this particular situation, this person or this temptation that keeps appearing. This is where we get stuck, right? When we're constantly falling into sin. We're unable to step into the fullness of the power of God because we're stuck in this cycle of sin and repentance. Now in the next few verses, Paul gives us a little guidance on how to live a life that's separate from wickedness. In verse 22 it says, 2 Timothy verse 22. Chapter 2, flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. First thing he mentions is youthful lusts. See, this is an area where so many of us fall. He writes youthful lusts because this is something that develops as youths, Right? You're young, you first notice the opposite sex, you develop an attraction. But you see, so many people carry these desires from their youth all the way to the end of their lives, right? No matter what your age is, this is an area where so many people stumble. But Paul says instead, we should pursue faith, righteousness, faith, love and peace. With our fellow brothers and sisters. You know, sometimes it's a daily thing where you need to just wake up and make that declaration that you're going to pursue righteousness today. You're going to pursue love, peace, faith. You know, sometimes it's just about making that declaration every day. Verse 23 says, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. Has anyone ever gotten into a heated discussion, a.k.a. a full-blown argument on a Facebook post? Right, I see it so often. Almost every Christian post will have People with opposing views just going at each other's throats, right? You're wrong. That's not what that means. Now, even though Paul didn't have Facebook, he must have dealt with this kind of thing as well, right? Because he tells us to avoid these ignorant disputes. Instead, we need to be gentle to everyone. We need to be teachable. You know, open to like construction, constructive criticism. And construction, yeah. (laughs) Construct yourself. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Build yourself. Amen. (laughs) God is good, amen, yeah. (laughs) We need to be teachable, yeah, and patient. Verse 24 says, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition... If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. Now this is interesting. He instructs us to be humble when we correct someone. You know, has anyone ever corrected you and just made you feel really small, discouraged? That's not how you do it, you idiot. (laughs) Anyone ever said that to you? Did it feel good? (laughs) Probably not. You know, Paul says to show humility. Always be humble about it. Don't make somebody feel bad about their error. Right? Be hopeful for God's mercy. To grant them repentance. Don't be prideful when correcting someone. You know, sometimes people think that's the chance to... So you, I'm better than you, you know? That's not how you do it, you idiot. <laughs> oh. But you know, when you're humble in, in that approach, people respond better, you know? They take your feedback on board. They appreciate your insight and in the correction. So Paul's teaching us in this letter that there is a lot more available to us when we pursue holiness and cleanse ourselves. And he gives us instructions on how we can live holier lifestyles, okay? But how do you think Timothy felt, felt at the time of receiving this letter? The man who he regarded as his spiritual father was now approaching his death. Christians were being persecuted by this Roman emperor. Others were spreading false doctrines. And Paul is instructing Timothy to continue to fight the good fight and pursue holiness. Now, I don't know about you, but the situation is looking kind of hopeless to me, right? I would imagine Timothy was feeling overwhelmed, discouraged. Maybe he felt more like those common items. When he compared himself to Paul and the special purpose Paul had. You know, Paul's telling him, continue to do what I'm doing, even after I leave. So Timothy feels like he's got these big shoes to fill, right? And when you compare yourself to someone like Paul, I don't know, maybe that's just me. I'll be like, yo, that's a lot. But I'm sure... He would have wondered if he could carry on that legacy. But that's why Paul writes this letter, to encourage him to continue to fight and remind him of what's most important. Towards the end of the letter in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You see, that's what we're called to do, right? Even if our situation seems hopeless, if there's areas of our lives where we feel like we can never overcome We need to keep fighting the good fight, you know, live a life in pursuit of holiness, a life that honours Christ. See, when we pursue holiness and we flee from sin, we're able to become an instrument for special purpose, ready to do any work that the Lord requires, okay? That's what the word, that's what the scripture says. Because the end result is a crown of righteousness, which is ready for us. Paul says, this is given to all who loved his appearing. I don't know about you, but I would love to see Jesus, right? Now, if I was to sum up this whole sermon in one sentence... Actually, if I was to sum up the whole New Testament in one sentence, I would say this Christ died for us so that we may live for him. You see, that's how the disciples lived. They, did, they devoted their lives, their entire existence was based on serving Christ, sharing his gospel. And living in a way which honored him. That's why they saw miracles wherever they went. Right? Revivals were happening all over the place. You know, the New Testament speaks of how thousands of people accepted the Lord as their Christ in one day. And Paul is showing that we can step into that as well if we look back to verse 21 it says cleansing ourselves by cleansing ourselves we are prepared to do any good work whether that's parting the sea calling down fire from heaven to burn up idols you know people being healed by the touch of our shadow all of these miracles happened in the Bible because people made themselves available they pursued God and they pursued a lifestyle that honored him. right? Now because they did that, God was able to use them and to do some amazing things, right? A believer who cleanses themselves and lives in pursuit of holiness is a mighty weapon in the hand of God. I'm sure everyone here wants to be that mighty weapon. That we can all be so useful to our our Lord for his kingdom. Amen. Now, I'm going to call the worship team up. It's a bit of a short message today. That's what I need to apply to my diet. (laughs) Quantity, I mean, (laughs) quality. have heard of what i was speaking about today and thought i really want to be useful to god i want to do amazing things for his kingdom but there's so many areas of my life that i need to work on before i can step into that or maybe you feel like i'm happy where i am i don't really want to be someone doing all those miracles But I'll say this, if you truly love God and his kingdom and you actually want to live as a Christian and serve him, then you need to ask God what he wants from your life, how he wants to use you for his kingdom. Right? It's not about how we want to serve God. You need to ask yourself, what areas are holding you back? And bring that to the Lord. If you feel like the things that we've talked about today, if there's areas you feel like you want to deal with, if you would like prayer for anything that we've talked about today, then I will invite you to come up. You know, we've got the ministry team here and we can pray for you. And it's always good to just build each other up. You know what I mean? Receiving prayer is such an amazing thing. But I'm going to close in prayer. And um, yeah, if you feel like you want to come up, then you're more than welcome to, okay? Lord, Heavenly Father, I just give you thanks. Thank you for your word. Your powerful word, Lord Father God, that speaks straight to our hearts. Lord, I thank you for the people in this house, Lord Father God. I thank you for their usefulness, Lord Father God, for their purpose, for the way that you've designed them, Lord. I thank you, Lord Father God for the plans you have to expand your kingdom to take territory back from the enemy Lord Father God Lord I just pray for every heart here listening every person on live stream Lord Father I just pray that you would put a desire in each and every heart that we would desire to be a mighty weapon in your hand Lord that we would desire to be an instrument of special purpose Lord I ask that you strengthen us every day Lord Father God and remind us to flee from sin Lord to pursue holiness and purity Thank you, Lord, Father God. And I just pray, Lord, Father God, that in this moment you will reveal the things in people's hearts, the areas which they need to work on, Lord. The places they need to separate themselves from sin in order to pursue you and do things, amazing things for you in your kingdom, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Father, God, for your love and your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen.